Disco, chicks, you know, we're here for the... Oh, right. You mean this party? We've been expecting you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. This is where the party is. My name's Charlie. You might know me better for as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, which is available over at Amazon or as podcast, Mask of the Gods, or if you're reading my book, The Chain, which is a urban fantasy, fine, I'm going to listen to you all who yell at me. I guess it's a supernatural romance. I don't see it that way. Y'all do. Fine. Um, which is over at Wattpad right now. First chapter's out, second chapter should actually be out shortly after this episode, not long after this episode goes out. So there may be two chapters there by the time you hear this, or more, depending on whether or not you're listening in the future. Today, if you couldn't tell from the intro there, we are going to be discussing Dance Macabre by Ghost from their album that I have decided to call Precal, just because I've seen several interviews where people have talked to Tobias Forge and called it that to his face, and he did not correct their pronunciation. So, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced, because I've heard it pronounced so many different ways. But I'm going to just go with that one. So I may be wrong still, but the good thing is, over the life of this podcast, I've pronounced that word, I think, every way. It's possible to pronounce those letters unless we start going into, like, various forms of Gaelic. So, <laughs> one of them has been right. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please like and rate this episode or this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. And more people means more community. And more community means more time for us to chit-chat and do all the other fun things. And that would be lovely, now wouldn't it? So yeah, if you are not familiar with this song, I, I highly recommend, before we continue, you either go to YouTube and watch the music video, because it's amazing. And if you want to play a secondary fun game, after you watch the video, load up the video's IMDb page, look at all the people that are in the video, and then re-watch it and try to find them. That's fun. It's like Where's Waldo for, like, professional wrestlers and metal guitarists. Because that's a thing, apparently. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Or load up whatever you listen to music on and check the track out. Because 
I would love to play it with you for you, but uh, the contract that I have signed does not allow me to actually do that. So I can't do that, but definitely listen to the track so you know what it sounds like as we're going into it. Now, Prekel is a brilliant, brilliant album from a brilliant band that was based on a very simple premise. Can we make the best 70s metal album that you've never heard? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, they can. And I could probably spend the rest of the year just talking about this one album. I will try not to do that, but you've been warned. Definitely check it out. It has just, it, it's so much fun. The lyrics, the music, the tongue-in-cheekness, it, it, it's, it's all there. But this song in particular has been a little Lovecraftian worm in the back of my head since I first heard this album. And that's for a couple reasons. One, it's a very fun song. And if you don't particularly groove along to the 70s version, they actually released a kind of what the sound, song would have sounded like if were it released in the 80s. So check out the Dance Macabre Carpenter Brute remix, which is kind of the song in the 80s. I, I, I almost want them to do a grunge version of the song, just so like this is what it would have sounded like in the 90s, mainly because I want to hear Tobias try to do a Courtney Love, because I feel like that's the way they would go with it. But I don't know. I think that would be fun, too. Or, you know, Stone Temple Pilots or something. Now, the thing that, while the music is infectious, and it really gets into your head, in so many ways, I almost feel like, were I making a jukebox musical, this is the power the song had for me, were I making a jukebox musical where you pick pre-existing songs and fit them into a narrative, think uh, Mamma Mia, stuff like that, um, Rock of Ages, those kinds of things. I it, And I wanted to recreate the vampire musical that Total Eclipse of the Heart came from, but using other music for it. This would actually probably be the song that preceded Total Eclipse of the Heart. And that may or may not excite you. But for me, it's one of the things that completely enthralls me about this track. So let's go through the lyrics and discuss, and then we're going to talk about the music video a little bit because I, you just have to talk about the music video. But so first verse, you'll soon be hearing the chimes close to midnight. If I could turn back the time, I'd make all right. How could it end like this? There's a sting. I'm sorry, that's the bridge, but we'll throw it in here too. There's a sting in the way you kiss me. Something within your eyes said it could be the last time for it's over. And because, you know, you know me, I, I'm more in the gothic side of things. And because I know Ghost and know that this is not ever going to be a straightforward love song. Because I, I think if they really wanted to freak people out, they, they should just do a cover of Every Rose Has Its Thorn or something. Because I think that would 
bother people more than some of their darker lyrics. Just because it would be the one thing you would never expect from them. So I hear this, and my mind immediately goes to vampires. It just does. Because why is it close to midnight? Why, why, why are you wanting to make all right? Why is it a why is there a sting in the way you kiss me? Because your teeth are ripping into my flesh. Like, this is just how my mind works. For better or for worse. And for those of you who like my darker fiction, I think you think it's for the best. But <laughs> I think quite a few people in my family think it's for the worst. But eh, that's what happens when your life is very vanilla. The, the first image in this song is so powerful to me because because it perfectly sets up the story that we're about to engage with. Something bad is about to happen. And, I, and my voice did that thing because it, it's all about perspective, right? This could be something bad as in Lestat who wasn't given a choice and just kind of had immortality and life of the damned thrown upon him or this could be like any of the others that had the choice granted to them and then decided which way to go but if you're in this kind of mindset if you're into this kind of fiction you can see all of that in this just very simple intro to the song the chorus which repeats over and over and over and over and over again throughout the song because it's amazing um it's so simple i just want to be i just want to be with you in the moonlight now that's how he sings it in the 80s version in the original version it's i just want to be i want to bewitch you in the moonlight i just want to be i want to bewitch you in the moonlight and again, this just may be my own gothic past and, you know, the fact that my first date with my husband was in a cemetery and, well, actually it was at a mausoleum in a cemetery. And that's just the kind of people that we are. Um, but there's, I, I find lines like that to be arrestingly romantic and gloriously dark all at the same time your mileage may vary but you know this is you know from the life experience that someone like me has had i mean this just really brings back all of those sweet memories of going out to the goth club all dolled up and yeah yeah i think we have to end there because it's a clean show and to just go on and talk about the rest of the song. Which the words continue. Of course, you know, because it's a song. Okay, so the next verse. It keeps on giving me chills, but I know now. I feel the closer we get to the last vow. Now we go back into the bridge, but the words change slightly. I don't want to end like this. But there's a sting in the way you kiss me. Something within your eyes said it could be the last time for it's over. And then we go back into our chorus. I just want to be, I want to be with you in the moonlight. Be with you in the moonlight. I just want to be, I want to be with you in the moonlight. I just want to be, 
I just want to be with you, be with you one last time with me tonight. I just want to be, I want to be with you in the moonlight all night. All right. Now you see the fear and the foreboding come in. And this is what makes this kind of track for me so powerful. H.P. Lovecraft said, and it's one of the few things that you'll hear me say that I agree with him on because man was a racist. And there's a lot of stuff that I do not agree with him on. But one of the, th- in his book, Supernatural Horror in Literature, he talks about romance as the ultimate and one of the highest forms of horror. And I think part of that comes from his own weird relationships that he had throughout his life. But I, I, without having to psychoanalyze him, I think he's right. You don't know what's going to happen on a first date. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You could be with somebody forever and find out things that you didn't know about them. There's a fear and innate terror in the very act of giving yourself over to another person. And one of the things that I've always loved about goth and metal tracks is when they acknowledge that deep and foreboding fear at the heart of romance and at the heart of love, because love to me is not a sappy thing. And I think that's where we get into trouble when we allow it to be a sappy thing. Because when we sugarcoat everything that's there, we tend to set ourselves up for a fall. Because when those weird moments happen, when those strange moments happen, when those moments of unexpected bizarreness, which will always happen in a relationship, we tend to allow the magic to break. Because the very beginning of every relationship is two people imagining who the other person is and then slowly filling in that bio in our minds with the real person as we get to know them. And one of the hardest things for a relationship to survive is that moment when the other person proves to you that they're not the person you made up in your head. And that fear, that concern, that dark worry is so ever present in in a good romance. And it's one of the things that this song brings out that I just absolutely love. Now, for the most part, the rest of the song is the chorus repeated, repeated, and repeated with the occasional change. And those changes really, really matter. Because one of the brilliant things in the language of this song is in the subtle changes. I just want to be, I want to be with you in the moonlight. I just want to be, I want to be with you all night. I just want to be, I want to be with you one last time in the ancient rite. I just want to be, I want to be with you all night. Now, that little change that sneaks in here, 
We're no longer in the moonlight, but one last time in the ancient rite. Well, that can be anything that your imagination desires. But again, that's the power of this track. Because, you know, I hear that and I get all mushy because I think about the night my husband and I hand-fested under Cunningham Falls. Oh, under the moon. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. But when I went to see, when I watched the video, <laughs> which you definitely should watch, the dancers, the, the, just the devil, the, the whole thing. The, the video tells the story of the origin of Papa Emeritus, which that that's a, that's a whole other thing. If you want to do an episode on that, where you do an episode on that, but looking at the time, we, we. Let's just say Papa Emeritus is one of the characters that Tobias has played as the lead singer of Ghost over the years. And, well, as soon as the video started, I, I just wanted, I knew at some point, at some point, they, they had to dance in the Raining Blood. Like, that that had to happen. We're, we're setting this at an almost... Um, Rocky Horror type party where we're greeted by a riffraff and two people coming off the streets and all this. And I just immediately thought to myself, this has got to end with them dancing in a rain of blood. If this doesn't end with them dancing in the rain of in a rain of blood, I just I feel like they've missed something. And so we're watching the video, and we're watching the video, and I'm sorry for the spoilers if you didn't take my advice earlier when I told you to go watch the video. Um but of course it ends with them dancing all like sweet and lovey-dovey in a rain of blood as vampires are draining the people at the party. And yeah, I shouted. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I literally leapt out of my seat and screamed yes, because it's a thing that needed to happen. Because, again, the way this music deals with the culture and with the elements that we've come to expect... You, you just, you see it. You see it before it happens. It is a thing that had to be there for the song to be complete. Because this isn't just a kind of gothy metal romance song. It's a, it, it's a, a vampire story. You, you can, if anybody who's read a vampire novel... Or has even seen a vampire movie, unless it's the Twilights, and we're really not going to go into the sparkly vampire who is now Batman. I'm not going to judge, I'm not going to judge, I'm not going to judge. Okay, sorry, had to like burn some sage and clean that out of the air. Um, but if you've ever gotten into the into vampire fiction, you can see all of the elements of the story leading up to the embrace. You know, this is Forever Night. This is all of that, you know, wonderful fiction leading up to this moment. And here we are. And there it is on screen, as big as life. And everything's wonderful. And this is actually one of the reasons why I'm, one of the reasons why I'm doing the rewrite on the chain right now. The, the main reason is I've not been able to get the song out of my head since the album came out last year. And that's a long time to have the, like, I will fall asleep with the song. I will have dreams where the song plays in the background. I will wake up and still be singing the song. And so I kind of want to write the sequel to The Chain, which is going to be called The Pearl. 
But when I originally wrote the book, I, I, I was questioning, I had a lot of questions about gender and I don't think I express because I was in the questioning phase and not in a knowledgeable phase. I don't think I got a lot of the stuff that I was actually exploring communicated well. So a complete rewrite of the book is currently in process so far. I have almost entirely rewritten everything that's gone into it. Um, chapter one is mostly new text. Very little survived from the original chapter two is in a completely original chapter that was not in the first book. It was in one draft of the outline, but did not survive into the book. So if you've already read the chain and you're like, well, why would I want to reread it? it it's a very different book. It, it's changing a lot. Not just the words, characters that were cut from the original are coming back. It, it's it's going to be a whole thing. So definitely hang out with us over at Wattpad. Check out the new book. I, I honestly wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the song really just compelling me to do it. And if you've already read The Chain, you can see the connections between Dance Macabre and, you know, the book. But if you haven't, it's going to be fun for you, especially with the new editions. So anyway, I, I love this track. I love the song. If you haven't checked out this song or this album, please do. Um, if you like rock music at all, it's very, it's, it's got queen like songs on it. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. And I guess that's it. I look at the time and it's almost time for us to go. So if you haven't already, please go and rate this podcast. It really does help me out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share with more people. And that would be awesome. If you've got a buck, you can throw my way in the show notes, wherever your show notes are, you'll find a link for either you can, where you can go to either my Patreon page or the community support page. Um, as little as a dollar a month really does help me out a lot. Main difference between the two is, do you want to get stuff? Because today, on if you are a Patreon patron at $2 or higher, the original deleted scene for the beginning of the chain got posted over there for you all. So... If you want to read how the book originally started, it's over there. It's not, I've never shown it to anybody, but it's there because that's one of the things that I promised. You can also get original copies of the book prior to the edits. They're over there as well. But if you just want to like help me out, that's what community support is for. Your choice, your freedom, have fun with that. Um, <laughs> if you don't have the money... That's fine. I really do understand that. But if you know anybody you think would enjoy this podcast, please do share it with them. That helps out a bunch as well. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm C.E. Dorset. I try to do stuff over there quite often. I'm on Twitter more than I am anything else. You can find links to everything that I do over at Project Shadow. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye. <laughs>